Hello and welcome to another Substance on Substance. I'm Phil Graham, partner at Harneys and head of the Economic Substance Analysis here in our law firm. I'm joined again today by Josh Mongeau, one of our true experts in this arena. Thanks for joining me. You're welcome. We wanted to touch on some interesting developments that have come over the last week or so. Um, firstly, there was an announcement by BVI Finance on the 12th of July. Um, there, there are a variety of points to, to touch on that, but I think let's, let's, let's touch on the two, um, the two major ones. The first one was in and around um, some timing, and that was really trying to address the, the confusion around the extension to 1st of October that, that, that came out, and, and they have tried to obviously clarify that position. And the second one was a classification around um, sort of the, the RA obligations um, that they may have in this, um, in this world going forward. Um, did you want to sort of touch on both of those, Josh? Sure. So, as you say, um, the first uh, part of the update is just touching on the detail of the, the compliance financial periods. Um, the only change to timing is actually very narrow and it's only relevant to some previously exempt persons um, where they have relevant activities who are going to be subject to new enhanced reporting requirements under the um, the, the BOSS legislation. For everybody else, um, this is all BVI registered companies and, and relevant limited partnerships that have legal personality. They are now in their first financial period that either started from when they were formed, if it was this year, or if it was pre-2019, then from the 30th of June this year. No, no real change there, and we've discussed that in a previous session. The second part of BVI Finance's uh, update was more interesting, and it made reference to how the ITA, the BVI International Tax Authority, will exercise its investigation powers for the first financial period. And as we discussed previously, the ITA is saying that entities' classifications, which they should already have done by now, should be formalised in such detail as will allow the ITA to make a determination of compliance or non-compliance under the economic substance legislation. And also the ITA said that it expects that registered agents in the BBI are going to ret retain the relevant details and documentation to enable the ITA to, to perform its investigative function under the Act. And the, the BBI finance update makes reference to specific sections of the legislation, the, the ITA's power to require any information that it reasonably requires to perform its functions under the Act to require any person, that's very broad, to provide um, such documents as it may reasonably require for that function. And then also, finally, uh, the, the criminal offence is created by the Act where a person fails to provide that information either without a reasonable excuse or, or intentionally provides false information. So that that is definitely of interest to be by registered agents. I agree with you. And, and we have a lot of uh, registered agents who got in contact with us about that. I think they were slightly taken aback that, that, that clearly there was going to be this obligation to, to, to have some of this information on their files. Um, I, th I, think, I think secondary to that, it's not it, to us, it wasn't just registered agents that might be affected by this. Um, it's feasible that other intermediaries, um, other sort of CSPs uh, who work with BBI companies uh, and particularly sort of professional directors or, or other fiduciary service providers, might, might also want to take note. Yeah, that's right. If you look at the ITA's draft um, guidance in the draft code that was published on the 22nd of April, they noted that there's no restriction on, on the persons that they can contact for an investigation. And this does include people who are not necessarily employed by the entity that picks up service providers, um, either within or outside the jurisdiction, potentially. The reason they might look at a registered agent is they, they might be the entity that's expected to have the relevant information within the BVI. And the ITA is clearly pointing to that and saying that they're going to look at look at what the RA has on file. 
They may also contact directors um, or other fiduciary services providers. That's particularly relevant to people that provide professional directors and um, fiduciary services. So these types of people need to under understand what the activities of their companies are and how they may be affected. The, the ITA's guidance is saying that they want that classification to be formalised in sufficient detail. So we think that includes um, not only legal advice, but also things like detailed board resolutions or minutes, which can be produced by lawyers or, or other professional services providers and then just presented to the, to the ITA if it raises an investigation. And on that, from a director's perspective, the benefit of a formal memo of legal advice, of course, is that the directors can rely generally on, on expert advice when they're discharging their director's duties under the BBI Business Companies Act, um, as long as they're acting in good faith and they've made proper inquiry and they don't have any actual knowledge that relying on that advice is, is, is not justified. So I think the ITA's, um, the ITA's guidance is, is instructive and it shouldn't be scary. The, you know, the, the, the solutions are available out there for, for directors to do this. Thank you very much indeed. Thanks very much.